Nosy Nancy's is a true crime podcast that deals with real life situations. If you are sensitive to any of the trigger words, this is not the podcast for you. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Aliqua. And I'm Jasmine, and welcome to Nosy Nancy's episode 12. Yeah, this is the last episode before the last episode. It's the second to last episode. I guess that's the right way to say that, yeah. The second to last? (laughs) The second to last. And then we're going to reconvene. I think we're going to take, what, like a month break? Yeah, going to have some... Share some laughs, have some time. We're going to evolve into better people. Exactly. We're going to evolve into lizard people. Well, I've already done that, so I need to know yeah. what my next step is. <laughs> That's just called uh, eczema. <laughs> um, I'm actually kind of excited because I think season two is going to be pretty cool. And I'm hoping to get the Patreon uh, going during that break that we're going to have. Oh. that's a good idea yeah it'll be like a little cute like little special club you know how cute yeah and the people who don't pay us you don't get jack shit that's how that works sorry 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 for your loss yeah no i'm just kidding (laughs) us yeah (laughs) i'm like how am i offended (laughs) yeah did you did you hear about the guy who voiced Dale Gribble? Did you hear that he died? Yeah, what the fuck is up with that? Dale Gribble, was, he was definitely one of my cartoon crushes, for sure. Yeah, mine too. I mean, I love Trent from Daria, but like, Dale Gribble? Nancy doesn't ar- know what she has. She doesn't. <laughs> the, ori- the original dad bod. I mean, come on. Get with it. Super intelligent right <laughs> yeah like like probably more smarter than all of his peers because he you know he knows really knew the how truth to... yeah he knew the truth he was a truth seeker you know he was he always thought outside the box um always came prepared with pocket sand yeah you pocket you sand. want that yeah you want that in a in a man you know, you want somebody who can provide you with protection and innovation. Um, great father. You know, he was such a good father that he even fathered somebody else's kid. And yeah. never even never even questioned it. That's a real man right there. Exactly. <laughs> never questioned it. How are they going to replace him? They were even talking about like a King of the Hill revival. So Brittany Murphy's gone. Yeah. And now Dale Gribble's gone. So who the fuck's going to be next? Look, if 2023 takes Steven Root, I'm out of here. I'm I'm grabbing my wig. I'm grabbing my wooden legs. I'm grabbing my false teeth. And I'm out of here. I'm leaving this fucking planet. I cannot take it. <laughs> 
Well, he needs to work on his Dale Gribble, because I guess he's going to have to be doubling up. You know what? That's just how, that's just how Dale Gribble would, would have wanted it. Maybe Dale smoked so many cigarettes that he got throat cancer, and then his voice changed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that would be a good... Yeah, that's, that's a great plot. Um, and if they do like, that, they owe me money because it's been recorded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <That's they're... my laughs> You're all witnesses. <laughs> so I went to um, the Mutiny Markets magazine uh, release party. How was it? Hot. Literally. Like, it was hot. I was... I've always contemplated getting... Uh, a boob job and getting implants just to make them like kind of like more per no more more perky right <laughs> but i don't know how anybody in this fucking state can have implants in their bodies and them not be terrified that they're just gonna melt dude my boobs out are out. like solidly always covered in sweat yeah boob sweat <gasps> we should oh bottle God. that up Let's bottle that up and sell it bottle on Bottle it up and sell it. It's a good ba band name, too. Jasmine and the Boob Sweats. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I went with my friend Dakota, who's obnoxiously tall. She's six foot three. Um, she's also obnoxiously hot, and I cannot stand it. But also, she drives this massive lime green Tacoma. Okay. Damn. A lime I know, a lime green Tacoma, and she's like, it's a terrible driver, okay? Um, and she was like, okay, well, I'll come down, because she lives in San Antonio. So she's like, okay, I'll come down if you drive my truck. And I'm like, are you joking? I can't even, like, reach, I can't even see over the steering wheel. You know, like, I drive a Honda Civic for a reason, because I'm poor, but also because I'm tiny. Right. I'm short. Right, I'm 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 basically a garden gnome with a with a bad attitude. I've seen how many fucking phone books you have in your seat, ma'am. That's right, that's right. I'm single handedly keeping the phone book industry alive. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so so she's like, I'm like, okay, fine, yeah, I'll tr I'll try to drive your your truck. Bad idea. Look, my car. Is, is like a 2014, okay? It has a backup camera, and I thought it was just the tits, right? I get into this fucking sassy green truck, and it's like beeping at me every time I go out the lines, but I'm sorry, I can't even see the fucking road. We pull up to this restaurant off of Burnett, and um, I, I do this all the time in my car, but it's it's low to the ground, so it doesn't matter. But I get out of the car without unbuckling my seatbelt, and I just, like, leap out of the car, and I'm still buckled in. And I'm, like, two feet from the fucking ground, dangling. Oh, my from this, God. <laughs> from this massive green fucking truck, death trap, basically, is what it is. And I'm, like, screaming for Dakota to unbuckle me because I'm gonna fucking die, right? <laughs> and she, that, then that big old bitch is out there, and she's just laughing her ass off watching me struggle she unbuckled you yeah she unbuckled me i mean i was i was sitting there dangling like a fucking yeah that's what i i just imagine you like a fucking like little marionette just dangling from the tacoma screaming for help 
Yeah, that was me. I almost died from buckling my seatbelt. Not worth Ironically. it. Ironically. So yeah, we went we went there and it was like fucking hot as balls. They sold out of all the magazines by ten o'clock. Wow, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. So if you're listening to this podcast from the advert that we had in the magazine, thanks. Thanks for buying and, and listening. Yeah, thanks for supporting our friend Courtney. Well, this is not going to be a very long episode because as we're winding down, um, there's just not a lot of information on these guys. Well, we can jump on in. So Christopher Hayes Clark uh, was known better as Chris Clark to his friends and family. A lot of people have been pointing this out. There's a a lot of these guys in Austin, their names have had John in them, Mm -hmm. like Jonathan Honey, Mm -hmm. Jason John... John. Is it is it John Christopher Hayes Clark? It is, yeah. John John yeah. Christopher Hayes Clark. Yeah, so you got Jason John, you got Jonathan Honey, you got John Christopher Hayes Clark. There's just a bunch of Johns. Yeah. Chris Clark, he was 30 years old when he was pulled from Lady Bird Lake on April the 15th of this year. He was God. found near the 2700 block of Canterbury Street at about like 1.20 p.m. And he was found near the Longhorn Dam, which is just a few blocks away from Rainy Street. So he was pronounced dead at the scene, and whenever they were doing the investigation, it was mentioned that the body was already, like, decomposed quite a bit. Mm. Um... At the time that he was found, police also said that homicide units were on the scene, but they had already determined that it just wasn't suspicious, uh, but that the incident was still under investigation, and they were working with the Travis County Medical Examiner. Uh, Now, Longhorn Dam is not next to the area where they started to put the, like, safety, the pathetic little safety precautions into place. Right, Um, right. So the lighting and stuff wasn't, it didn't have any effect on this area. But this was around the time that the the patrols started to increase. So they had started increasing the patrols, the police, like two weeks prior to Chris disappearing. They broke up a few bar fights and they found one person who was separated from their friend group. And that's really all all that you see get mentioned. That's actually really interesting because Longhorn Dam is east of I-35. It's farther from what we normally, where we've been seeing the majority of these guys turn up at, right? Right, right. That actually makes like a lot of sense. Yeah. Because that's what I was wondering when this first happened. I was like, this guy doesn't really match the MO as far as like the other guys. But Mm -hmm. if if there was an increase of patrol in the area, they would have to like kind of move farther out of of their norm yeah to uh, successfully have another victim yeah exactly yeah so around this time so right. jake jake waltrip was found september 28th of 2019 then christian Pugh, who survived he was discovered uh november 18th of 2019 and then jason john was found in lady bird lake February 14th of 2023 
Cliff Axel was found May 5th of, no, sorry, March 5th of 2023. Jonathan Honey was found April 1st of 2023. And then now Christopher Hayes Clark is April 15th of 2023. Before Christopher Hayes Clark even went missing, there were were already five bodies discovered like within just a few months time. Right. And then right. all of a sudden he's popping up. So people already were starting to freak out that there's a serial killer and, mm-hmm. you know, all the speculation started and all the groups on Facebook and everybody was trying to figure out what's going on. So that's right. I think we started this podcast right before right before they found him yeah the police were definitely having to do like a cu- kind of call to action type of thing and at least show up downtown right. on rainy street to make it look like they were trying to do something so i mean it it only makes sense that the next fix- victim would be found same lake but further down where there's not so much heat mm-hmm. christopher he had attended Eastside memorial high school where he met uh i'm assuming it's regan because it's spelled r-e-e-g-a-n so that's what i'm gonna say okay uh and if that's wrong then fuck me but (laughs) (laughs) If, if, if that's wrong please forgive us please forgive i'm just doing what my little brain is capable of and i'm gonna say it's regan she was a private school girl, okay? Yeah. That's, that's, that's one step above homeschool, all exactly. right? Exactly. Like, so, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, uh, him and Regan met each other in high school. Oh, that's sweet. And they were together for nearly 10 years. They would have their only child together in 2011. And from what I could see, they had recently split up. They just decided that they didn't want to maintain a romantic relationship together anymore. But they did still have a strong bond and friendship. And they did want to continue to have that with each other. Um, for the benefit of one another, but also for their son. So right, they remained, they were amicable. Yeah, they remained very close even after they the split. Um, yeah, I couldn't find anywhere that said what Chris was doing in that area, um, or if he met friends downtown or and like walked off or anything. Uh, and he wasn't seen on any surveillance cameras at all. Regan said that the last time she saw him was on Easter Sunday, which was the ninth. And then on April 11th, he told his mom, Christine, that he was going to head out and he just never came back home. And then he was found on April 15th. Um, that, yeah, I, I don't think there's, there's been any information about his, his disappearance or, like, I mean, they just haven't followed up with on that at all. Yeah. So looking at Regan's like Facebook page, it mm-hmm. that it's heartbreaking. She's definitely mm-hmm. like, she's really struggling with this. And it's obviously just incredibly heartbreaking for her, which I, and I'm hoping uh, yeah. that her and her 
like his family, her family get closure soon um, for yeah. their child who is, you know, 12 years old too. Um, yeah. That's, that's gotta be so hard. Cause how do you, I mean, like it, it's, it's hard, it's hard enough whenever you're going through like a divorce, but it's even harder when, when like the person who's supposed to be co-parenting with you is like gone, you know, right. like how do you, she did say that she has a lot of support from, from his family also, which is good, but, uh, it's just heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking yeah. to look at. Um, yeah, I bet. But since learning of Chris's passing, Regan's gone out to the trail every day. <laughs> like really pretty, pretty much every day to try to piece together his final hours and to look for clues um, I don't know if she's still going daily, but as far as I know, from the way it seems, this has really, like, been fucked up for her, and she's demanding answers. Um, yeah. And she's received no answers from investigators on what happened, even leading up to his disappearance, or, like, when he was found. She really thinks that he didn't go to Rainy Street or that he didn't go to any bars, but she's really not sure. Uh, yeah, and, how do you know? I mean, how do you know? You know, you just don't know. Yeah, and she, she has no idea what would have eventually led him to go to the lake because he wouldn't normally go down there, she said. Um, she did say that she believes that he was put into the water after he died and that she believes that something's going on at the lake. And e even if he fell in, she said he was a good swimmer and kind of a sporty guy. So there wouldn't be any reason that she could see for him to not have survived. It's heartbreaking whenever it, it involves somebody that's a family man. But it's even more heartbreaking when you when you just know that something is, is not right and, and the authorities and or whoever are just not listening to you yeah so you know? she did say that it took police two weeks to call her back she was calling them daily just trying to get like any sort of update for like what's happening like what do they think the cause of death is like what did they find anything out so it took them two weeks for for to even get back to her they said that it was due to them being short-staffed. Um, yeah. That's, and that's been there. If it's not, if it's not that it's something else, you know, it's always something. Exactly. So, uh, any time she asks anything, she's just told it's under investigation. Um, she says that she's not sure what they're investigating because she never sees them out at the fucking lake trying to put the clues together and her and his family don't see anything being done at all. Um, she was told that it's not being investigated as a homicide because there's no leads. So I this mean, I guess because the person didn't like leave their fucking name. Yeah. No homicide ever has leads at first. Like, that's the whole point. Like, that's why you have to have an investigator. Yeah. You have to investigate. Like, catch what the an, fuck? Catch a fucking episode of, like, the first 48, you yeah, know? Yeah, bro. You have to go out and Jeez. fucking ask questions and try to find people who have seen something. 
Uh, so several of the articles that I read actually did reach out to both APD and the Travis County Medical Examiner. Um, and they either received absolutely no response from both in relation to the death of Christopher Clark, um, or they were told like from the Travis County medical examiner that it's going to take 120 days to receive the findings. And that's after the investigation is closed. So as of right now, it's still being open and investigated, but there's nothing but nobody's doing it. nothing happening. And evidently they're going to drag their feet for 120 extra days. Man, good for her to be out there looking. And I, I wish that I wasn't so lazy and it wasn't so hot because I would help her too. Exactly. But I, but I'm, I mean, this is why we're doing this podcast. So we can bring awareness to, to these people's families because yeah. she needs help. They did in, do interviews as well with some of the other missing people's um, family members and stuff. And even Jason John's brother said that like four witnesses had come forward and said that they didn't see a whole lot, but they did see like something. And Jason John's brother said that the police didn't even interview them. Are you kidding? Yeah. So like, what are, what are you doing? And that's just another reason that like water deaths are, are so fucking like, if you want to get away with murder, just drop them in the water. If they're found in the no. water, it's too difficult. So, yeah, that's how it's always been. And I think the I mean, I think organized crime, the mob, like they've been doing that for years. Exactly. You know, I think a lot of these are like in the case with Josh Schroeder, where like, I think I think they get jumped. They get jumped and they're caught off guard. And I think they're just mm -hmm. they're just pushed in. But, you know, I don't remember who, which episode it was, but there was um, a, a forensics expert that said that it doesn't matter how the person gets in the water if it was, if it was from an outside source, that's murder. Right? There's so many things about, about these cases that are incredibly similar. Yeah, there really are. <clears throat> I mean, I just think it's really interesting how this is all kind of like, it's all kind of like fitting together. And, and I, I know that we're not detectives and, and obviously I can't do as much research as, I, as I'd like to because I just don't have time. If we're able to connect all these similarities to these cases that are across the fucking United States, like why, why is it so hard for the FBI to get involved in this they're they're refusing to see it as as anything other than just accidental or undetermined drownings because kevin gannon and his team have tried to get the fbi involved so many times to be like to just even like considered looking at this as as if it could possibly be all connected and they just refuse they refuse to do it yeah, I don't know what uh, I don't know what has to be done to have this looked at in a different in a in a different light because it's not like how many how, like how many fucking people really just like walk into the fucking water like that? Yeah, no, especially ex like 
especially during the colder months. You know what I mean? Like drownings usually happen, you know, because a child isn't being supervised or because there was an accident during a swimming activity. Right. Like you don't like drowning, walking home from a bar, going the opposite direction of where your house is and then just falling into the lake doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. You know, or like Tommy Booth, where you're where you're at a bar and there's a tiny creek in the back, and you're you're missing for fucking 21 days or however many days it was. I don't remember. 13 days, and then all of a sudden you're you're in the shallow creek. How exactly? Is that, how, like, how is that not screaming that there's something else play. going on? Yeah, exactly. It it doesn't add up. It's really disheartening that nobody is taking these cases seriously and it's not just on a federal level it's it's locally too obviously and yeah you know there it's all the same all the same the police forces in in all these counties and all these states and all these cities it's all the same they don't believe that there's anything nefarious going on but like how do you how do you just like continue to be like oh yeah well the same thing's happening in chicago but uh it's just they're just all drunk and like it's yeah. so it's so funny too because people who don't who haven't really looked into this other than just like hearing what's on the news they're all like oh well i could see how people can just walk into the water and drown i'm like okay but in other states at the same time like in the same kind of circumstances in the same months, right? Nearly like the who, same days. Who the fuck would be, think that that is normal? Yeah, it's 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 bizarre to me. But that's why we're here. We're trying to like we're trying to put it together so people can can at least question it, right? Yeah. I mean, because there, it's just it screams something bizarre, man. I mean, you know. Okay, so my guy is named uh, Peter Salvino. And he is from Chicago. On December 17th, 2022, 25-year-old doctoral Northwestern student Peter Salvino went with his friends to a house party at the 2400 block of North Geneva Terrace in Lincoln Park, Chicago. At around 11.59 that evening, Peter left the party to start his walk back to his house about half a mile away from where the party was. Again, this is kind of like Todd Guybe. Yeah. Where Todd Guybe was in an uh, apple orchard. He had had enough, so he started walking back to his apartment, which was, what, like a mile away? Not even a half yeah. a mile away? Yeah, yeah. Super close. Super close. There was confirmation that at this time, Salvino was on a FaceTime call with one of his friends. At around 12.15 a.m., the same friend called back to confirm if Peter had made it home, to which he had said he had not yet made it, that he had not yet made it back to his home at the 800 block of West Lill Avenue. This would be the last time Peter would make contact with anyone. At 12.31 a.m., Salvino's phone pinged a location near Diversi Harbor. Then, at 12.37 a.m., the friend called again to see if Salvino had gotten home, but the call went unanswered. Several friends sent text messages to his phone between then and 9.30 a.m., adding that the messages were successfully delivered to his phone, but remained unanswered. So from 12.37 a.m. to 9.30 a.m., his phone was still on. 
because it was receiving messages. Gotcha. Um, at approximately 9.45 a.m., all calls went straight to voicemail and all text messages went undelivered, which I guess would, would mean that the phone was, was turned off. off. Okay. Yeah, it was turned off or it died. But I think this is really important because that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Okay, like, um, I'll go, I'll come back to that. On December 21st, four days after Peter Salvino went missing after leaving a house party in Lincoln Park, his body was pulled from the Diversity Harbor in Lake Michigan after the authorities tracked his last known cell phone ping from that area. The Cook County Medical Examiner's Office listed Peter Salvino's cause of death as drowning with an ethanol intoxication as a contributing factor. The manner of death was ruled an accident. So basically they said he drowned. Because he was drunk. Yes, he was drunk. Now there was talk about um, later on that his friends were saying that he was drinking, but he was not drunk. Mm -hmm. He wasn't to the point where he couldn't walk home. Like he was walking fine. Um, the only known surveillance footage of Peter is at a hot dog stand in Lincoln Park called the Wiener's Circle before heading to the house party on North Geneva Street. Salvino's family issued a statement a short time after his body was found, thanking the police department and the public while asking for privacy. We are both shattered and re relieved to report that earlier Tuesday, we found Peter during the marine search at Diversity Harbor. Throughout the last three days, we have been overwhelmed by the support and assistance we've received from friends, family, and local residents and businesses in our search for Peter, the statement read. We are grateful beyond measure for their diligence, without which, without which Peter may never have been found. Um, so, so here's what I, I think is really interesting. So he stopped answering his phone at 1237 a.m. Mm -hmm. the night of... December 17th, right? Right. Or the morning of December 18th. Um, and his messages and his phone kept, kept like ringing up until 945. So if he was in the water, if he, because what they're suggesting is that he got drunk and just, fell in or yeah, whatever. Yeah, fell in. But if he was in the water and his phone was submerged for that long, wouldn't his phone been dead? Like, wouldn't it as have soon as shut it hit off? the water? Yeah, or like, I mean, because there are some phones that are like water resistant, but not up to like, I couldn't imagine it be water resistant for like more than an hour. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think that that's something that you can like fucking like have your phone on you while you're swimming. I think it's something like if you accidentally drop it in the toilet, you can like reach in and grab it. Right. Yeah, you're right. So, I think that's really interesting that that the last place that he he was pinged was the harbor, right? Right. So so how how is it that his phone could be submerged for that long and still receive text messages and phone calls because at 9:45 all calls went straight to voicemail and all text text messages went undelivered right so what 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 does that mean to, which like, if what you does that mean? have it which if you have your phone off the text messages still go through you just don't get them until you turn your phone back on but they're right. not returned to sender, like, if there's something wrong with your service. 
Yeah, that's what I understand either because if it said it went straight to, to voicemail and all text messages went undelivered, like, what does that mean? Or maybe they're talking about the text messages went through, but they just were unread. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But that still doesn't that still doesn't account for the phone calls going straight to voice message after after the voicemail. Like it should have if 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 they were like calling and texting him mm-hmm. enough that his phone just died because it lost battery, then I would assume that means that it wasn't underwater. Right. Because, but if, if it was underwater, like if it was on his person when he fell into the, the river or the harbor, then it would have, I think it would have, it would have died. It would have short circuit circuited a lot sooner than, you know, 9.45 a.m. Yeah. Leaves it open for questioning because, like, if he didn't go in the water with his cell phone, then then he didn't fall into the lake. That means he made a conscious effort to put his cell phone down on the ground, which would... I have been absolutely fucking, like, sloshed. And yeah. I'm never, I'm never, like, you know what sounds good is, is getting in the a water. swim. Yeah, especially in December where it's cold in Chicago. Exactly. That is, it just doesn't make sense. If the cell phone was on his body when he was recovered, then that would mean that he didn't go in the water at 12, uh, 47 a.m. or 12, yeah, 12, 37 a.m. because the cell phone would have died around that time. Right. You know, or shortly after. So where was he? None of this shit adds up. No, it doesn't. And I think that's enough to, like, look into his disappearance and his death as something else than just accidental drowning. Right. No. Um, Definitely. Salvino uh, was six feet, one inch, um, and he was 190 pounds. So he was a big guy. He Mm -hmm. wasn't some easy little target you know what i mean he was a he was a big boy um he was also a second year doctoral student in the pinto lab which is a part of the northwestern university interdepartmental neuroscience program damn so neuro yeah so he was a smart he was a smart guy he fits the bill i mean that's what that's what all these guys have been have been these really high performing um athletic intelligent men that that end up just walking into the river because they got too drunk that doesn't it just doesn't add up you know i mean seemingly not seemingly they're just like whatever in the water accident you know but i'm hoping some somebody maybe somebody who's like wanting to build a career and leave behind a legacy or something looks at cases like these and actually tries to well, I figure think that's out what deta- what's going on. Yeah, and I think that's what Detective Gannon is doing, and I think that they've gotten really close. It's well, just no, hard. Yeah, oh. Gannon, but I'm talking about specifically somebody on the police force or, so, you know, something, yeah. because they're not taking things seriously. Uh, there's a retired detective in Chicago, and I mentioned him... Um, I believe in one of the cases that we went through, one of the episodes, we've done so many now. I'm just like, who was it? 
I know, 12. Yeah, I think it was with, um, I think it was with Dakota James. Okay. Um, there was a retired detective that had had noticed a pattern, remember, of guys being found in Chicago in threes. Yeah, yeah. And he's been trying, I mean, he, he was brought up um, not on the case of Peter Salvino, but in the case of the another guy who was very similar to Peter Salvino, mm-hmm. which I feel like we'll we'll get into in season two. Um, but he was he was mentioned in a couple of these um, these reports about how he's like there's something there's something going on there's something going on. So so there are people who are aware of it, but. It's just getting the local department or the local police department to like pay attention to, to, to it, yeah, and take it seriously, and to take it seriously, and to and to to um, award these cases the manpower to even you know do a deeper dive on it. I right. think that's a that's a lot of the issue here too. Unfortunately, that's all I have on Peter Salvino. Unfortunately, this is just not a very long episode, but that's okay. Oh my god, I cannot believe. I'm so dumb. I cannot believe that I forgot to do the missing persons last week. And I didn't even think about it either. Yeah, I looked at the um, time and I was like 40 minutes for the last episode, <laughs> like 40 something minutes. I'm like, "Damn, I thought we had a little more than that." But you're like, "Dang, that was quick." Guess not. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to do two missing per- people today. Um so we'll do one from last week. And then we'll do one uh, from this week. Okay. So, um, so last week's missing person was a guy um, named Evan Rome. Um, his nickname is Christian. He was five foot seven. He's about one hundred thirty-five pounds to one hundred forty-seven pounds. His hair is dirty blonde uh, with balding on top. He was born uh, February seventh, nineteen ninety-eight. He's twenty-five years old. He does suffer from schizophrenia and Asperger's syndrome. He was last seen near Connolly Street, Austin, Texas. Family has been trying to locate him. They've been working with the local police department and the hospitals. If you do see him or if he sounds familiar, please contact um, 303-517-1058. And then um, this week's missing person is a... Uh, is a minor. Her name is Kylie Richardson. She's been missing since June 13th, 2023. She's missing from Austin. Her date of birth is December 24th, 2005. Um, she's 17 years old. She's white. She's got brown hair, brown eyes. She's five foot three and 140 pounds. Um, Kaylee was last seen on June 13th, 2023. She might go by the name Kylie Ketchum or Ketchum. And so if you do see her, if you can please contact the Austin Police Department. Well, hopefully we can get some some eyes on the streets. Yeah, there's been, there's been so many people. missing people. There ha- really has been. I feel like I see them all the time. Um, if you do like our podcast, you can go ahead and follow us um, on Instagram. It's Nosy Nancy's. And you can also join our Facebook group. It's Nosy Nancy's podcast. You do have to request to be in, but we'll let you in. No, don't worry. 
Yeah. Um, you can also find us on TikTok. It's Nosy Nancy's podcast. Yeah. And I don't know if we're going to be able to do a listener stories episode this this um, season. I think we might just end it with next week's episode. Um, but if you do want to get a hold of us, you can you can contact us. You can contact us at nosynancys at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll write you back. We love pen pals. We do. We'll read it and respond to it. Yeah. Um. So next week, I'm going to be doing uh, the case of Noah Enos. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. And I think we're going to talk about the unidentified people, right? Yeah, so um, I am going to at least briefly touch on Moga Degale, I think is the correct way to say his name. But uh, uh, I'm not sure how much information is going to be posted because he did, he was just found like two months ago, not even Mm -hmm. two months ago. So I don't know if there's going to be a lot of stuff, uh, information on him yet. They probably haven't even released his his autopsy or his toxicology. If they did a tox report, I don't even know if they've ever even released it, to I, be honest. I doubt it. Um, especially if it takes 120 days to get anything yeah. after. Right. But, exactly. Uh, I'll figure out uh, something. You know, he deserves that. His family deserves that. Yeah, so. absolutely. We look forward to next episode. So stay tuned. Season finale. Ciao. Say la vie, man.